In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Still interested in our TV and film reboot remake podcast for Curio. I am, as always, Ben McAllister. And I am Jackson Newsett. And joining us this week, we have a very special guest. A very special guest. Hello, I am Nula Chapel, and I am here to watch Footloose, the remake. Wow. We usually do a thing where we're like, oh, what's the movie? We just yeah, watch Jackson and we kind of like just riff uh, on it for a little uh, while. I'm sorry, and then we're I like, clearly don't know your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just, I, just, yeah, I went fine. for it. We've, of course, just watched Footloose, the 2011 remake of the, what was it, 1980? 1984. 1984 classic yeah. by Kevin Bacon, John Lithgow, Sarah Jessica Parker masterpiece. <laughs> uh, here we are in 2011. We've got the remake. And Craig uh, Brewer, the director right. on this one. The man uh, who had his hands all over this football. Yeah, okay. That's a good way to describe it. So, <laughs> should, we, should we get right into the notes? Nula, you've just watched your first movie with the still interested kind of template in your mind. How yeah. did you find the experience? Like, I love this movie, and it may, sort of made me step back and realise a lot of the points that should make me not love this movie. No. Like, look, let's not start shitting on the movie just yet. Yeah. You know, it's a good time. We've got a whole podcast to get to. That's, that's our second act climax. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've ruined the whole structure. All right, so straight in, I was thinking like, oh, this is different. Do you remember in the original movie, I don't know how, like, when did you last see the original, Nola? Because in the original film, the opening, like, hard opening of the film is a bunch of feet... Like zoomed in on the yeah. feet yeah. while Kenny Loggins, Kenny Loggins, fucking Footloose plays. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago that I saw the original, mm-hmm. and um, I've seen the remake so many times that it sort of clouds how I remember the original. Now, how many times do you think? <laughs> uh, look, honestly, this is something we haven't hit on yet. Honestly. Yeah. So earlier this year, I'm gonna so need a was a very number. just a number. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm gonna need a number. I'm gonna need a number before I start. Okay, okay, I need a. I, no, no, this story needs to come first. Earlier this year <laughs> okay. was a was a dark day for me, which was the day that Footloose came off Netflix. So no longer, oh. when I had a bad day, could I come home and put on Footloose. Your so soul viewership couldn't keep it up there, I guess. Jesus. It, it, you really, alone. it really did. Um, well, there's this one I girl from say... Australia that watches it like three <laughs> times a month, but like, there's like nothing else. I would no say other hits. ten times. That's Around quite a few ten times, times I have lot. watched this movie. I think particularly... The fact that the Footloose remake, it's a lot of time. Well, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, 
Watching a film ten times is like a lot. Watching this film ten times <laughs> is, like, is like a lot. Especially yeah. if you interspace it with occasional viewings of the original. Because yeah. the thing I, think, I feel like we're going to come back to time and again in this discussion is this is the same movie. Like, this is the first <laughs> time the we've had this film. We're getting an earlier this, yeah. yeah, yeah like, it's, it's exactly the same, except like it's set in around like 2011. The first thing that I've noted is I'm like, oh, this is a bit different from the original where we Kenny Loggins was playing, and I was like, oh, it's just teens dancing at a party. But then, not 30 seconds later, we're hard in on the feet. So much feet. <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I, it's pretty I, good. I love that. I, in fact, I put one good aspect, <laughs> foot camera. Like, I just think that's, that's not a usual way of yeah. filming for yeah. a sort of, yeah. like, a trashy teen movie. I think that's, what? like, I mean, that's quite interesting and, like, different. We start getting the font of everyone who's in, like, the movie, like, the little on-screen text. And, and the reason I mentioned the font is because it looks very 80s. It looks very footloose. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of names and Miles Teller. Yeah. Which big is get. an interesting one. Big pretty, big, I mean, not at the time. I feel I like this sure. is his breakthrough role. I mean, he's a but tall like, boy, though. Big I still. didn't know Miles Teller was in the remake of Footloose. But anyway, the point is, everyone's very hot on Miles Teller right now because he was in Whiplash, yeah. basically. So we've got some friends at a dance. We've seen a lot of feet. Now it's back to the people just dancing. All right, this is the first time I've noted. Like, I didn't really hit on this in the original one so hard, and I feel like that's one of the the key differences in this movie. I like to think, not me personally, but I, I have some friends who like know how to dance, <laughs> and I, I, I mean like professionally. Like some of the yeah. professional dancers, I have never been at a party like this <laughs> where the kids are just sitting around, crashing beers, like watching each other one after another bust moves out in the fucking middle of a car. Something like, like <laughs> intensely like upsetting about these teens just again and again dancing on top of this like just patch of beer. There was just like huge puddle of beer, <laughs> and they all insisted on dancing in it, and it just it sent my eyes to hell. There's just crushed red cups everywhere. It's yeah. such classic. Ameri- we're in an American high school here. Well, yeah. That is something. No, we are in the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to come back to that, but like, yeah. it is a tonal <laughs> shift in the 27 years it's been since the original of I mean, this the first film. one was in the South. It was sure. in the South, but this is in the South. I feel yeah, this is like, what, what do you mean by traditional and stereotypical? Yeah. Like, it's oh, in this movie. Yeah. Like, I feel like in the 1984 one, it's like feet dancing. You're like, oh, this is a dance movie. This is about dancing. Yeah. You watch this film, you get a little set piece. The connection between dancing and sin is immediately made. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the in the original version of this movie, like, it was just kind of implied. People were talking about it. People were worried about it. But they were always shown to be kind of ridiculous. Yeah. In this movie, it's like, yeah. these kids all went out dancing and drinking, and guess what? They fucking died <laughs> yeah. in a horrible car crash. And it, and that's, it is graphic. Because that's it's spoilers. Horrible. Yeah, okay, like, rolling into it, like, I, I wrote down here, like, this film doesn't start with a fucking car crash, does it? Yeah. And my, my, my next line is, holy shit, because they do. They yeah. literally, so, like, in the original film, we have this whole backstory, which we find out, like, an hour and ten <laughs> into, like, the hour 45 yep. film, that, like, uh, Ariel's brother... Uh, had died with a bunch of other kids in this car crash. While they, they were drink dr- driving. They drink driving. and they, Over this like, bridge. They had a crash and then fell over this bridge. Yeah. In this time, we get this car driving along and they're like, all drinking in the car. And playing the original Kenny Loggins Footloose, by yes. the way. The original 1984 yes. version with that 1984 <laughs> intro text, the fucking yeah. 1984 ass music. Yeah, and then, and then uh, this dude goes and like kisses this girl on the front seat of the car, looks back, there's like, bright headlights and <laughs> oh. they crash head first into a fucking truck and the car explodes. It is The like, car fucking bursts into flame. It, it is like an almost hilarious shift in tone. <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. almost on the level of something that you would do in a parody. Like, how quickly it shifts from, like, fun, 
happy teens dancing to put loose now into like teens dying in a fireball. It's just this <laughs> film is trying to make a statement, dude. Uh, like I Jesus. Feel, I feel they thought it was the only way in 2011 they could convince people that a town would ban dancing. If they like, had I guess this if really you saw the horror, scene, okay. you literally are in the car as the crash happens. Yeah. So it's really trying to position like, the audience. Yeah. That's a good point, though, right? Because in both movies, the same thing occurs. Just in this movie, they show it to you. <laughs> I feel like that is a tangible difference between 1984 and 2011. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way they construct the movie. Less yeah. elegant storytelling. Yeah, just, just more like, oh, we want to make them really feel these teens died. Oh. Let's make them live <laughs> Anyway, so um, we roll on from this explosive accident into yeah. uh, a nice uh, sermon from uh, the Reverend Shaw Moore. Is it still Shaw in this It's film? still Shaw Moore, played Shaw by Moore. the inimitable Dennis Quaid. Well, I would have said that to you had I not seen this film, but um, <laughs> yeah. the man has some, some sins to atone for. He really um, does. We have uh, Dennis Quaid uh, delivering this sermon. Basically, like this is... The same. This is like a couple of days after this car crash, yep. and he's immediately addressing this town, saying things like, "We have other children to raise," and like yeah. convincing them that like we must be as protective as we can. We get the council of town elders. It's a bunch of old dudes deciding hey, on what old happens. White with the town. dudes. No, Nula. One of them is black. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? You can't let me that criticism of this movie because if there's one thing it does well, it is tokenism. <laughs> So they're on the council and they're all deciding whether they're going to vote, like, yes or no on these legislations to make dancing illegal. The original film just started. Yeah. This one is taking us, like, three years back and giving us, like, five minutes of intro to, like, how they pass these crazy laws. And I guess, like, the atmosphere around there, I would say is not as convincing, but, you know, yeah, sure. exactly. Like It's an approach they took. This film really, yeah. like, gives you all the exposition that the other one, like, lets you learn throughout the course of the yeah. movie. Okay, I... I totally think this is fair enough comparing 1980s movie to a 2011 movie, mm-hmm. and they felt like they needed to show like an yeah. exact that's, explanation that's, that's why this happened. I think yeah. there's, there's a definite yeah. desperate vibe by the filmmakers yeah. to be like to justify why this film needed to happen 27 yeah. years. Uh, after like the, and they didn't released. want to change any part of the movie. Oh, like it no. had to be exactly the same, so they had to well, come up with a like, a, like li- to I, I, believe well, this would happen. Wow, did it have to be exactly the same? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were like, how do we make this film? relevant we show the pain early and then we just make the same film it's literally like we show the pain early then like okay uh, i don't want to get ahead of ourselves here so let's just let's just roll on. let's just, roll just a, a joy a joy to uncover okay, so now yeah, it's, yeah. it's now it's three years later and ren is arriving at the bus stop and the first thing i'm gonna note here 2011 oh, ren versus 1984 this, ren dude. this ren is fucking jacked like he's so he's ripped as shit compared with kevin bacon and look the girls appreciate it. They all do that. Oh, 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 all right. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Before we go any further. Now, there's something <laughs> I need to address, and which is uh, the Chapel Girls, Nola and Grace, your disdain for Kevin Bacon. The man is yeah, a sex symbol. That's true. The man, ah, the man no, is very okay. attractive. Okay. I don't think that extends to me. I can appreciate him. However, damn, Red McCormack in this movie is... Kenny Wormald. Kenny Wormald. That's... Mm. 
That's an interesting name for a human to have. Yeah, so the girl's really appreciating that. That, that certainly becomes a recurring element of this movie. And can you blame them? So, uh, we, we meet Wes and Lulu right out of the gate, rather than meeting them way later like we did in the original movie. He, Wes, of course, being Ren's uncle. Ren's just come to the town of Beaumont from Boston, Massachusetts. He's a big fish in a small town, and he's meeting his old countryside family. Yeah. And there's Wes and Lulu giving him the rules of the house. Wes is like, we eat burgers every Saturday. The only thing I ask is that you do your homework and I think that pretty much sums up the same yeah 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 we, we, we also yeah. get like real quick that like Ren is really good with engines this time oh yeah a new oh. character trait is that the the boy can make a car purr yeah 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 in yes. fact oh, I, I totally glossed over this it's it's my first title pitch for this movie which I think is pretty good when Ren pulls up on the bus and he gets out and he sees like Wes and Lulu's car and the two little girls are in the car one of the little girls leans out the window and goes it's Ren He's here! <laughs> and I think that pretty much sums up what happens yeah, in the town of yeah. Beaumont. He rocks up and everyone's like, he's so... <laughs> it's, it's, it's He's Ren. from Boston. Like, yeah. weird, strange man. And he's here. So there um, we go. Well, I thought was great is just the, the classic country back music that like mm. goes through this entire movie anytime oh they're like God. he's in a small town they have this the same well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I was saying earlier just like <laughs> like like the set like the vibe of the south they've gone from this film like there definitely was like you were definitely in the south in the original film mm. this time though Every time they can, they are playing <laughs> that fucking like Ozarks music sort of thing, yes, yes. and like yes. they are just like coming down so hard, and it, it feels like the like the earlier film felt like sort of like middle south, like of like the heartland of America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it felt yeah. really. Yeah, it like felt, it was like, this is real America. It felt American. <laughs> yeah. This one feels like the South, you know? That's like, fair. Yes, I, I would say also, yes. yeah, one of, the, one of the things I noted, like, one of the things I was kind of like expecting them to maybe kind of do with this movie, and to be fair, they kind of did a little bit, was do a like, this is 2011. Let's hip hop this shit. Yeah. Oh, let's get the teens in here. But yeah. I feel like what they did more than that was country this shit. Yeah. Because there's just always like gentle country music. Yes. Because, like, like one of my points of remake in last episode was just like wall to wall tunes. Yeah. The music is ever present in this film. I like with the first yes. one, but it's just. It's covers of the music from the original film or country music bangers. <laughs> it's like a weird yeah. mix of covers and originals. Like yeah. I kind of like they, they do quite a few originals. They don't do that many of them. So uh, as you were saying, Ren's really good at dealing with engines. He gets a well, like he gets a car given to him, I guess. Yeah, and like, then you get the great montage. Of him I love fixing up the a car. Good montage. Fixing montage. Yeah. It's great. It's a, like it's such a classic show of masculinity. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, and also, I know how a car works. And also a classic pool from the original film as well. They yeah. own that early. Is this Greece? Because like it's literally a, a definite Greece vibe. There's a strong Greece vibe, right? Yeah. It's it's very like, you know, oh he's a dreamboat fixing up a car and the little girls are like watching him being like, Ooh, look at Ren. There he is fixing up a car. And he, he fixes <laughs> it up he fixes it up with rope while listening to his two thousand eleven ass iPod where he's playing fucking Hey, the iPod classic, so good, so playing, good. Playing fucking Quiet Riot. Yeah, he's playing Quiet Riot on his two thousand eleven iPod. So we have Ren, uh he has successfully fixed up this sweet uh Volkswagen buggy. <laughs> Using rope. Using the, rope. The yellow Yellow yeah. Volkswagen. He sort of, he basically, he's told that there's no gas pedal, and so in some way he rigs up this essential, like, uh, MacGyver <laughs> gas pedal 
where he's just pulling this rope, yeah. which is acting as the gas pedal. It's, it's a real Mr. Magoo, like, Mr. Bean, like, yeah, fantastic Yeah, 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 sitting on top of the car, like a fucking armchair with, like, a broom yes. and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's very bad. Our Boston boy just, like, zooms on out of there, zooming around Beaumont, and he gets pulled over by cops, dude. And yeah. then we see the same scene yep. where the cop, like, flicks uh, Ren in the face with a license because he's talking, like, he's back-chatting him. Yeah, it, it is interesting kind of the order of things here because, like, at this point we haven't even had Ren meeting most of the other characters. Yeah. He's literally shot him down, met his family, fixed up a car, and he's just tooling around because <laughs> that's what Ren got to do. But, yeah, I, I, I guess we now move on. So now we're in the next scene and we're back in church and the Reverend is coming in with some 2011-ass philosophy about how he hates change and how... Don't you remember when you used to go to the bank and they'd give you a piece of Bazooka Joe... And everyone's like, ah! Mr. Yes. Rucker, he was saying, like, the, the, yeah. the guy at the bank, he'd be a special piece of gum, and then he says, <laughs> doesn't have any more, like, you, you're coming in, you got money on a car, you don't go into the bank anymore and get gum from Mr. Mr. Rucker. You know? <laughs> like, you, you, no, no, no longer, like, can you make me feel special like Mr. Rucker did. Yeah. That is a quote from the film. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I don't feel special anymore, because I guess, you know, it's the millennials who are entitled, yeah. and I always yeah. need to feel special, it- but... <laughs> <laughs> it's so much like like religion hating progress. Yeah, like yeah. this is which is going to be a recurring you know, theme. It's such a recurring theme that like technology is the evil person here. So I guess like this is the start of the first movie. Where yeah. Reverend Shaw is like, dancing leads to sex and sex leads to death. The last six minutes was like pointless. Like, just skip over it. Just like, <laughs> literally all just fucking. Yeah, if you know someone listens to the podcast, just tell them skip, skip over it. Literally. That part. Yeah. If you heard the original episode of this podcast, you don't need to listen to any of that. Uh, so Ren meets Reverend Shaw and the school principal after church. Wes is introducing him and he's being like, this is my nephew from. My Boston. sister's son, is what he says. Yeah. Which I, like. It's kind of weird to me. Is that a bird? Like, like, is that a bird? He's not my nephew. Yeah. He's my sister's son. Yeah. No, I I think it's just like. Exposition. No, my nephew was a little bit more distant, where he's like my sister's son because. Later my, on, my dead sister's son. Exactly, like he'd like I'm the sister yeah. of his mother, and that's yeah. why I'm closer than my wife is to him. Like that's our connection. <laughs> so, my wife him. doesn't like him. <laughs> Listen, in the next couple of days, you're going to come to realize my wife doesn't like this boy as much as yeah. I do. And, but and, no, that's because it's my dead sister's son. To be fair, that's <laughs> not only her say, nephew. <laughs> that's not to say that my wife doesn't like him. She's actually very nice to him. Also, I just, I just I'm all about this kid <laughs> he's, though. Yeah, he's my dead sister's. son. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be the important character in this family dynamic. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I'm noticing here about Wes, as we've kind of already discussed, he is way more of a protagonist in this movie. Like, in the original movie, he's kind of like Ren's shitty uncle who's like, why you got to get in trouble, Ren? You're showing up trouble for me in this small town. You know, I'm just a small town guy and you're making things hard for me. And in this movie, we're immediately like, oh, this guy, he's sticking up for me. You know Ren. what? Yeah. He's okay. Because the principal is like, I've heard you've already had some trouble with the law. And he's like, really? He got in trouble for playing his music too loud? Yeah. Like kids do? I was Am shocked I right? by that. Yeah, because like in the original film, like <laughs> the uncle was just like, oh, Ren, why are you going to cause trouble with his family, you piece of shit? We're taking your mom and you in. Fuck. So, fucking, straight away we're meeting Rusty, uh, Ariel's best friend, and Ariel's all like, oh, I gotta go over to Rusty's house because uh, we have to do our science project all Gotta have a sleepover. Yeah, and Rusty's all like, it's definitely gonna take us all night. Straight away we're getting kind of like a Latinx vibe of Rusty here as yeah. opposed to fucking Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. <laughs> it's a def- definite vibe she's she it, bringing. It's a definite little bit of diversity that they throw in. I think they definitely, like, had an approach to that sort of thing, like the recasting of Woody sort of thing as well, and like, you know, like, I think they're definitely trying to 
They took some active moves towards yeah. casting. I mean, all I know tick some boxes, I would say. Like, I'm sure they're like, well, here we go. And like, rather than investing in these characters or anything of importance, they're just going to like... like... There will be one black guy. Yeah. There will be one slightly South American in, lady. Yeah. In, the, in the principal cast. Yeah. And that's like the first part of the contract. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, two of the remakeability points were rebellious teens and drag racing. So for this next scene, I wrote down rebellious teens and drag da- racing. Lol. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, highly <laughs> remakeable, right? But like, because like the funny thing is, like that tra- whole drag racing thing was off the back of that the iconic tractor scene from the original yeah. film, and like this time they were like, no, fuck it, it's about drag racing. Yeah, we yes. know what's up. The th- it turns out the thing she was lying about needing to go to Rusty's house was to go to a fucking demolition derby where her boyfriend, tr- like Chuck, is driving a little fucking rally car yeah. around a track with a bunch and, of other dudes, and he's like, bitch, get in here and wave that flag out the window, which she does. And like it's clearly a very dangerous situation. Yeah, we basically have a car sequence where, like, after winning his race, Chuck gets uh, this high school age student into his car and then just like speeds around this track with her like half out the car holding a flag. My only thought to this is that it's nowhere near as impressive as Ariel's like car- mid car transfer car to car aerial from, like, stunt. Fucking the original film. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Another thing that we would be remiss not to address is how, as they open up on the Demolition Derby, we just have to get our shots of the two lead females walking across the screen just being like, check out these butts. (laughs) And then they're walking down the stairs to go get on the track, and there's a guy sitting there, like, holding his 2011-ass flip phone, and, like, as the girls walk past him, he's like, what? And, like, just turns his his phone towards yeah, their ass. And then, like, his like, wife, like, slaps him or something? Is the, like, implication, yeah. is the implication that he already had the camera app open? <laughs> like, because he's literally, like, he's not like, oh, shit. <laughs> Boop. He's literally, like, holding his phone, and he just, like, turns it towards the girls, and is like, nice. Maybe it was, like, an early mention of, like, Facebook Live or something like yeah, that. Like, wow. Hey, guys, just down here at the Speedway. That was this- we got some, oh, my God, check out these butts. <laughs> so, anyway, yes, we, we've got some drag <laughs> racing going on and I just wanted to note as Ariel is, is going around in this car being all crazy and Rusty's getting mad and leaving afterwards Ariel's walking out and the first thing I thought about this was like so this is the town where they banned dancing because a kid got in a car crash but they allowed demolition <laughs> derbies even though a kid got in a ca- <laughs> but no they, they allowed like like yeah like drag racing yeah. in a I town feel, where a kid died in a car crash I feel this the, is in a died- nearby rowdy town oh. like because like you, we can you know from the movie later on there is a nearby rowdy town a very nearby town that allows dancing I mean it would have to be because like the hypocrisy <laughs> of being like listen those kids went dancing got in a car and then had a car crash and died they're not <laughs> dancing but you better believe we're gonna double down on drag racing in this <laughs> state and not just drag racing but as we learn later demolition yeah. days <laughs> where they literally crash cars into each other for fun but we can't worry about this right now I think uh, we gotta move on the, in the back of the trailer yes with the, oh. with the Ariel and Jack I, I, I wrote down the quote you're, you're my rebel child I'm not a child. Prove it. Yep. Ariel's hanging out in a trailer with Chuck, and he's all like, 
trying to go lower and she's like whoa yellow flag yellow flag and which I guess is their safe word but yeah like, whatever it's cause you know he's a race boy and all he understands is race flags yeah, I yeah. guess like everything yeah. in this movie has to be red light red light <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah then all that awful shit that Nola just described <laughs> happens where he basically is like I'm gonna call you a child unless you let me smash and she's like go on close the door let's smash yeah he he, he says like something which pisses her off and then and then he's like hey come on you know what we're like I'm a man, and you're my rebel child. Yes. Oh. Yep, it's it's pretty bad. And then uh, Chuck guilts Ariel to having sex with him. Well. And then it's instantly followed by, like, an acoustic version of, where have all the good men gone? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's as, as it cuts in on, on Ren. It's, I need a hero, right? Like, it's literally, yeah. I need yeah. a hero. So she's, she's in this situation where she's being, you know, in a shitty kind of relationship. And then we get Dreamboat Ren fixing a car while we just get fucking... What is it? What is the quote that I wrote down where I was like, this is actually not a bad title pitch, even though it's a great song? It's, uh, where's the Streetwise Hercules? <laughs> or just Streetwise Hercules, which I think describes Ren pretty accurately. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, true. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's just... like. He, he's a sensitive boy, but at least he's masculine enough to know cars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Listen, he might dance, but the man knows how to build an engine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Look, you can feel okay about being attracted to this guy, ladies, because not only is he a sensitive dance boy, he's also a fucking cool dude yeah. who exactly. knows how to fix old cars. Oh, yeah, and he's from Boston, the big city. So after the scene where Ren's fixing a car, we'll, we come to understand that Ren's mum's dead, and that's why she's not in the movie like she was in the original, because he puts her photo up. And we've just got to think at the end of this scene. To I need a hero, he's fixed up a car, he loves his dead <laughs> mum. What a dreamboat. Ren shows up at school, and all the girls are like, oh my, look at this broody dreamboat. Do you think he's a broody dreamboat? Yeah. You better. And Rusty's all like, ooh, here's Ren, he's super cute. Well, he also zooms up after doing, like, like wheelies and donuts in the fucking car park. Like, yeah. Ren rocks up to school, <laughs> doing all these car tricks, and, like, like zooming around at speed in this car park as there are school children just, like, milling about. And it's just extremely unnecessary. This is probably the second time that this movie really just lifts, literally lifts, lifts exact lines from the original where like Ren meets Ariel and Rusty at school and he's like Ariel right and she's like very good you remembered my name from when we met at church earlier and well, uh, he actually says Ariel right and, and she's, she's like, like it's Ariel yeah but then he's like Ariel she's like very good yeah and we, and we fucking it's, it's just like it's already starting to be like way too similar. Yeah. <laughs> a nice little point of difference though. Uh, Ren comes in and he sees this like wall of photos about Bobby and the other kids who died in that bridge car crash that we saw at the start of the film. So like, they're literally just giving you all the exposition that the previous film lets you discover organically. And it's Miles Teller. Yeah, he just rocks up. Man, okay, dude. So so this is when Ren meets Willard, like in the original movie. We see, like, Willard give him shit, and he's like, oh, you look weird, like, you're not from around here. And then they just trade some kind of, like, vicious burns at each other for a while. But I gotta say, like, it's way more believable when they meet than when they meet in the first movie. Like, it goes on long enough, and, like, it feels a little bit more like the way humans interact. And yeah. also, like, forgive me if you disagree here, I just feel like Miles Teller is so likable in this scene. Oh, yeah. Like, you just instantly are like, this is a cool guy. I totally agree. In fact, I put as MVP of the movie is Willard. Yeah. Like, I just 
think of the movie, he's definitely the character that I like the most. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. He's fantastic in the scene. You just instantly are on board. Like, he's all like, it, it's fucking Miles Teller, man. <laughs> he's just crushing it in this scene. So, like, we instantly see that Ren and Willard become fast friends. They go to PE and Willard's like, I'm gonna smoke your butt. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm he gonna smoke your butt, words. man. Like, yeah. that, that was my first title pitch for this film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna smoke your butt, man. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke your butt, man. That's true, he does say that. And then, uh, you know, after we've established that they're friends, they're eating lunch together, and we get a little uh, nod back to the scene from the original, where Ren starts talking about a cool, sexy time that he had back in Boston. <laughs> you may have skipped over another excellent quote from the okay. uh, football coach. Please. As these boys, uh, they, they're doing their football drills, and then they're like, all right, they're going to get some water. They run over and turn on a hose, <laughs> yeah. and they're all drinking out of this hose, and the coach says, two swallows, then hit those monkey bars. <laughs> And the idea that he's like, one, two, three. Man, monkey fuck bars. you, McGinley. Get to the back of the line. I told you two swallows of water. Now hit those goddamn monkey bars. Yeah, you've already had your two, McGinley. After that, they're eating lunch. And Ren's telling this story, which is a nice nod to the original movie, where he's like, you know, is he in Russia, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Russia. He to, uh, he, because he's a gymnast. Yeah, went I to see. Russia with the gymnast. Yes. So anyway, Ren's doing that thing that he did in the original movie where he's telling a story about a fun, sexy time that he had. He's talking about these two girls he went out dancing with and they both came back and... It's all kind of gross, but then it's okay because it was all a big joke to trick Willard, the dumb country mouse. And Willard's just sitting there through the story like, nice, yeah, girls, right? And then at the end he's like, ah, oh, you pranked me, Ren. You pranked me, dang girl. As a result of this little little prank, we now get the first moment of just complete earnest truth from Ren where he looks hard in Willard's eyes and says but we danced our asses off <laughs> we didn't have sex we, we danced our asses off like God. yes that's... Yes, Ren, you did, you did. That's the, the tone of this movie. <laughs> it's like, God damn, did yeah. they dance our asses off. And that's why that's my first title pitch for the movie. Oh, yeah. We danced our asses off. We're on the first day of Ren's job. He's meeting his boss, Andy, who runs a cotton gin, I guess. Yeah. It was mentioned earlier that he was going to get a job at a cotton gin. I don't know what a cotton gin is, and frankly, I don't want to know, because I enjoy, like, later in this movie when Ren's standing in a big tub of cotton and I don't know if that's a thing that you would actually do at a cotton gin or not. Don't tweet at me about cotton gins. I don't want to hear about it. Willard and their other friend Woody are also there, I guess, right? Woody's in this scene? Yeah, Woody's in this scene. And they're sitting around gabbing about Ariel. And oh boy, she's the preacher's daughter, but she's got a wild side. You better believe it. That's the gossip around town. Willard says, uh, we got laws up the poop shoot in this town. <laughs> yep. It's a charging thing to say. He says that uh, they're not allowed to listen to loud music or do any dancing or wear bandanas. And then he says, my next fucking title pitch for this movie, which is, this town was built on bandanas. No, dude. He doesn't say this town. Yeah, this he says, this says, this country, I'm yeah. this country was built on bandanas. Yeah, that, which is also fair for the movie, considering the, the real southern injection that this film has taken <laughs> compared with the original. <laughs> so anyway, we learn a bit about the, the sort of regressive nature of this town, where dancing is illegal unless you do it at church or in a supervised dance, where you have to stay six inches away from your partner or eight inches if you're Woody. And <laughs> so you're that big old dick. Because he's the token black guy in this friendship circle, and we're all going to exactly. make jokes about I, not the, the black fact penis. That he's token I don't think any... it's because he's black. I just think Woody has an enormous penis. Well, he says he does, right? Yeah. But you know, 
I never had the single thought that, like, it's got to be an extra two inches because he's got a big cock. Like, that was because, never because my thought. What is I think he was saying? saying. Because this is a deep south town that oh. hates black people. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, you thought it was a segregation thing? I feel like You're... this movie is not a particularly racially charged movie, right? You that's, like... that's we're back at the diner. We get this diner scene where everyone ends up dancing. Uh, there's a cop hanging around. The same cop, I think. The one cop in the town. The one cop. Um, this dude like drives away, and then they start playing this music. So they can, and they all start having a dance, tearing up the fields. The way they start dancing is so funny. Like I've noticed, like this is the scene for me where the movie really starts. Milking the ghost of the first movie mm. because it's literally like from here there are like up to this point we've seen borrowed things, yeah. bits of dialogue. The structure's been kind of different. Like this scene and then the following couple of scenes are literally like they took the same script and put different actors in it. All the kids are off at the diner, as you say. They put on this bootleg CD and this bootleg stereo and start doing this fucking cool teen dance scene out in the parking lot. I wrote here, it's like very Fast and the Furious-esque. Yeah, dude. Because there are all these cars like zooming around, these like sweet modded cars that are like blowing all this like smoke and that sort of thing. And they're all like zooming around, setting up this arena, which is just like, and, like dance and get down, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, that's all they care it, about. It's some 2011 hip hop ass dancing. Mm. So like, Ren's dancing around doing his whole thing. Because Ren's not in this scene in the original movie. Yeah, no, no. It's no. just Ariel oh, at the yes. diner. And then uh, Ren rocks up and starts like kind of shimmying his Popping body and locking a bit over yes. Ariel, who looks at her boyfriend Chuck, who is there. Yeah. And then just kind of like looks at him and is kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it. And like Ren and Ariel go off dancing. They're doing like, they're popping all these moves. And then Ariel just starts like grinding really hard it into him. It gets really like, sexual. Like, like way like, more sexual is, than it did in the previous and film. And let me tell you, yeah, this is that whole thing. The sexuality of dance in this film is like so much higher. It's like Dirty Dancing and, meets Footloose. Yeah. A little bit. And it's kind of like when <laughs> when the preacher is like, man, this dancing le- like leads to like sex and corruption and that sort of thing. I'm not talking about the corruption sort of thing, but this dancing definitely leads <laughs> this to sex. This dancing does. Like this brand. It's, this particular it's, dancing. It's just straight to fucking. Especially if you zoom up on like the girls' asses, like whilst they're I mean, dancing, as and this like film the midriff, yes, absolutely, like over sexualizes the dance through the filming. Yeah, yeah, I got hundred percent. The next thing we note is that, like, I guess the 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 Reverend rocks up in the diner, and we get a, a shot of like the chef and this other guy, like he's like Claude, the Reverend's here, and he's like, oh shit, and like this guy for having this bootleg RCD and the way that he plays the shit and the way he reacts to like the fuzz showing up, Claude gets an MVP nominee for me right it, here. Partially in memoriam of the sassy burger boy from the first movie. Oh, because dude, Claude, yeah. I feel, is the closest equivalent we have to this. Reverend Rocks Up says the same line about, like, your mother thought you wouldn't have any money, which makes less sense this time because they're, like, like the interaction between them at the church just didn't feel as connected and then uh, Ariel is sort of like sent to go home the whole dance party is like sort of like broken yeah, up yeah dude it breaks and up that's, immediately that's it Ariel I, that's it like I think we gotta appreciate the fact that over the loudspeaker it says like Ariel your daddy is here for you oh, and yeah. it just always God. refers so to him crushing. as this daddy as her I mean, daddy fair, Dennis Quaid like, is a daddy though uh, like, within, that, within that Hollywood vibe 
in that hole. Why would you say it like that? I mean, I don't know. It's oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think the wrestling audience will agree with me that. Hey guys, I know. I know. <laughs> but like, like the you preacher's daughter stop. referring to her dad as daddy always—it's just like a little bit too it's, much. It's a little, it's a little. Gross. There, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's think about this. So two things before we get to the end of this scene that are points of remakeability. When Ren's all grinding up on uh, Ariel and Chuck sees jealous boyfriends being dicks. And dancing teens. Don't and dancing teens. Okay, we've already had dancing teens. We've had dancing teens. We've got rebellious teens. <laughs> we've got jealous boyfriends. We've got drag racing. We've got teen romance. My word are they hitting these well, it's things. It's the same film, though. Yeah, I mean, that's like, true. I mean, that's at this true. point, we should just scrap it because it's the same film. You know what? All of them. Everything <laughs> like, we said. They all no, got ticks. No, no, they no. They all Jackson, do. Jackson, there's a specific point that doesn't. And we're going to come to that when we get there. Uh, but okay. one of the other things in this, from points of recommendability that we get in this scene, strained parental relationships. We're straight mm-hmm. into it. So now we're at Ariel's home. Her mum, Vi, is played by Andy McDowell. We don't need to dwell on that too much. I mean, uh, and neither does the film. No, exactly. We're certainly not <laughs> going to dwell. The film doesn't dwell on her as an actor at all. No. We move on. It really doesn't, which is another point of difference. So... Uh, now Ren's in court being sentenced for the fact that he was driving around with his music too loud but it turns out Wes knows the judge because Wes is super cool and yeah. it's a small town and everyone knows every, yeah. everything he's about like, everyone he's like listen Eddie he's like it's judge Eddie to, <laughs> to you and he's like well listen judge Dude. Eddie like remember that time where you and me used to play those tunes out of your Camaro we used to drive around oh, in your sh- Impala yeah, listening to yeah. Leonard Skinner <laughs> and then judge Eddie's like oh fucking go on Wes alright <laughs> And, and so so Ren gets his sentence commuted. Wes has to get an MVP nominee early. Just for that. The fact that he locks down yeah. the fucking town courthouse. Yeah. And the bailiff, dude. The bailiff who has brought Ren in dude. looks so upset. Dude. Not, no, 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 no. It's not the bailiff. It's the cop that are, that pulled oh, him over. Oh, is it? I thought, oh, it's whatever. The, it's like it's the, the same sheriff dude. cop, yeah. But, like, my point is, this cop has pulled this kid over yeah. and been like, ah, oh, you smart dog and kid. Here's a, here's a fucking fine for, like, disturbing the I'll peace. I'll see you in court. I'll see you in court. And that's rocked up. And then being like, you piece of shit. And then Judge Eddie's like, ah, oh, you can walk. And he's like, Judge, are you kidding me? Come on, he's, man. He's literally like, when the judge starts to turn, he's like, now, wait a minute. Yeah. And the judge is like, boys will be boys. And he's just like, ah. Oh, Dang it. And I think that's the last we see of this like, cop. He's been vanquished. I mean, we see him again when uh, Ren has his his uh, angry fever dream in the cotton gin. Oh, that's true. That's true. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> so, uh, Ren and his uncle leave. They have this whole weird conversation about God's Day versus, versus Beer's Day. There's uh, a weird like separation of church and state argument where Ren's like, oh, in Boston, you can buy beers on Sunday. And Wesley's like, oh, out here, Sunday's the Lord's Day. And if you want to drink on Sunday, you got to buy beer on Beer's Day because church and state are as different as yeah. Saturday and Sunday. And, and that's anyway. the Bible. It's good enough for God, good enough for me. Speed away, zoom, zoom. Yeah, yeah. literally, like, the movie just brushing past this theme as quickly as it possibly can. Yes. Just so it can and claim to have And with Ren, like, giggling, like, laughing to what his <laughs> uncle says, like, ha-ha, that's what you believe. I'm going to accept yeah. that. It's so making I was, sense. I was kind of like, what was their point here? Like, are they taking, like, a hard anti-church vibe early in the movie? Like, yeah, that's like maybe, crazy. you know, because I, I feel like from the first film, you definitely get like a pro church vibe, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Ariel's hair is always perfectly curled. Like, exactly, nice. always, always exactly the same, perfectly curled. I mean, which she, is such she, a classic, like, like trashy trope. Yeah, she's definitely, like, very conventionally attractive. 
and like a very kind of like she's the every girl. Everyone yeah, knows yeah. Her yes. looks like this girl. But the important thing is here we have the same bit of script as when Ariel rocked up to yep, uh, his previous Ren's job place of work <laughs> and was like, "Yo, Chuck wants to see you. Uh, come hang out." Also, I volunteered my time to come here to speak to you. Bye. See you then. That's literally um, it. The dialogue is just thing. lifted. So we we come into uh, Chuck's dad's raceway, what which Ren is, has been summoned to. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Ren's been summoned there. It's the same raceway as we saw before, where Chuck was racing around. Apparently, it belongs to his father. Who we never meet, but you know, whatever. That's fine. The dialogue um, lifting does not stop in the original not. script. Because, like, Chuck faces off against Ren and he's all like, uh, oh, you're a fag, aren't you? And Ren's all like, only. Only assholes still use the word fag. This movie, like, taking what approximates a stance on homosexuality. Like, look, they could do a lot more, but they at least try. So, okay, so we get this scene, which is reminiscent of the first one, where Chuck faces off with Ren and they say all that stuff, and then he's kind of like, you're gonna race me. And, and Ren's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna race you. And then, like, Chuck walks over and gets in a tractor. And you're like, oh, this is a direct callback to the original movie where they did that yeah. really weird, weird really race. long tractor <laughs> chicken scene. And then you're like, oh, cool, cool, this is happening. And, okay, so Chuck starts driving the tractor towards Ren. And you're like, Ren's just gonna stand there. Is Chuck just gonna run him down with the tractor? Like, is this just like a reference to the chicken scene, but Ren's not on a tractor, and Chuck's gonna turn away in the last moment, and we're gonna see that Ren has nerves of steel? But no, the whole purpose for this tractor is for Chuck to turn like 270 degrees and move like four and a half meters forward and point at a line of buses that have just been sitting there the whole time that, like out of frame that none of the kids have decided to mention and there's all these buses and he's like we're gonna race these demolition derby buses and indeed they do <laughs> they indeed they do i i underlined in my notes where did these school buses come from isn't this expensive <laughs> Who are these other people? Do they have all this time or only when they need to emasculate someone? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, listen, I'm real busy. Like, you know, you, 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 oh, we got to emasculate the new kid. Like, oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. All right, my 24 year old friend. What did you say, Dad? <laughs> Let's all take time off school yeah, exactly. to go race the new kids. <laughs> These random school buses that we all have. Like, well, I mean, to be like, fair, like Chuck, Chuck has probably haunted a number of schools, number of schools in his time. That's true. And it's probably just taken a he's bus. He's accumulating. From- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's accumulating buses, yeah. right? He has one bus for each school that he's haunted and like pressured a seventeen-year-old to sex at. <laughs> and so he's got four so far. He's hoping to get that fifth from Beaumont though, because yeah. that Beaumont bus is hard to get. The in the in the circles he runs in. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's bingo, baby. Exactly. And and it's like you know if you look at the stats of the buses, like the Beaumont bus. It's like a little more acceleration, a little less weight. So it tops out earlier on the Mario Kart tracks. <laughs> Chuck is like, we're going to race buses. You're going to race me in my bus. And then he's like, okay, I guess I could do that. And then Chuck starts giving him, like, like instructions on how to race the bus. Like, they're like, you want to go here, you want to go here, you got to look out for these things and look out for these things. Because they're yeah. driving in this big figure of eight track demolition derby ass vibe where, like, it's a race but also you can knock out the other cars. 
as we later learn. And so then they're like, okay, this is all happening very quickly. And as Nula kind of intimated, there's all these extra people there just getting in these random buses. <laughs> yes. I guess there's four buses altogether. Four buses. Yeah, and, and they start doing this big, like, figure-eight race. Before that happens, we get another nod back to the original script where we get Willard and Woody simultaneously explaining how to drive a bus to Ren. It's awful and we won't dwell but, like, on it. like, why remake that? Like, why, yeah, exactly. why are they like, this need? Hey, a 2011 audience needs this. Like, mm. ugh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> it's the same script. Okay, so uh, it's a three-lap bus race instead of a game of chicken. So the race has begun. Ariel takes off her green top to use it as a flag because she's wild and crazy. Yeah. Uh, basically, Ren just, like, A-teams the fuck out of all these kids where, like, he's, like, juking it with them with his cars and, like, he hits the brakes and they go, like, careening off little ramps. But everyone's okay in the end. Oh. Until... We're down to the last two races, and it's Ren and Chuck. And they're coming up to the middle part of the fucking figure of eight that they're racing in, and they're about to collide. And Ren is literally like, oh, fuck it. And he just floors his bus into the side of the bus that Chuck is driving. I just... Rolls his bus. It's really good killed him and this is what I was talking about before when I was like we're gonna come back to a time where Ren felt the need to show off this is that moment where he was like well, check out my balls as I just flattened this other dude's butt and and just from like a purely pragmatic point of view like the front of his bus doesn't crumble at all when he's <laughs> yeah, on the bus that's and, like, like uh, B-Mac you'll like you'll be able to agree from a physical point of view that would have injured Ren a lot to not be like the front of the bus didn't crumble at all especially in a bus because in a bus the driver is like right at the front of the vehicle whereas like in a car you've got the whole engine block between <laughs> you and the fucking thing you're running into. He literally just smashes face first into the side of another bus. Ren should be dead. That should be where like this movie goes. Yeah, it should be where this movie ends. And it was, yeah, it's another car crash, everyone. That's that's the point. Don't dance, you fucks. There are a lot of car fires in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, what we discover is that Ren's bus uh, no longer has working brakes. Um, his good friends, Woody and Willard, um, oh, both W's. There you go. Um, they, they jump on, they jump on the bus. Like, one, uh, Woody's trying to, like, put out the fire. They realize the brakes aren't working. They dive out of the bus. And now, rather than, like, steering this bus away from, like, the <laughs> overturned bus with which Chuck is getting oh. out of, instead, this mad motherfucker, Ren, perfectly positions his bus to drive through the middle of this crowd of people. Like, that, he had time. Like, he turns the wheel, lines it up, and then jumps out, and then the bus nearly hits fucking two of them, and then crashes the other bus and explodes in the flames. Yeah, he could have aimed for a wall. He could have aimed... I don't know what he did. He's baffling like James Bond, but, like, at incredibly low speed. Yeah. Where he's literally like, I'm gonna line this bus up. Wait, wait. Wait a minute, hang on, wait a minute, there it is, line the fuck up, motherfucker! Straight after the um, drag race scene, and like, it cuts straight away to, the again, the same acoustic I Need a Hero in the background. Yeah, 
Because, <laughs> like, uh, exactly. I need a hero like Ren. Like Ren. To come and save like Ren me. McCormick, Even my though hero. he got in the same ridiculous drag race with my like my boyfriend i need a hero yeah yeah there's some there's some challenging uh, issues here in terms of ariel's shift in loyalty based on (laughs) this event but anyway rich sawyer comes up to ren in the library and is like man he says some shit in this scene and then i immediately start thinking oh is this the throwback to that really strange weed scene in the first movie yeah where a character not a scene you'd look at and be like Instantly, remake exactly, it. dude. I have this exact thing, like, why remake this scene? Yeah, like in the original movie, there's this weird scene for those of you who listen to the podcast, like where fucking this guy we never see before or again comes up to Ren and just like tucks a joint in his pocket, and then the teacher comes out and is like, "Hey, what's that in your pocket?" And then like flushes it down the toilet and is like, "Ha ha, gotcha, teach." But it happens in like ninety seconds, and we just move on immediately, <laughs> and it's really weird. In this, this scene, we have Ren. Like, they're starting away, and this rich dude rocks up, and he's kind of like, ah, I know I'm friends with Chuck, but you're okay, man. What's, uh, you fucking hanging out in school, whatever? And Ren's like, yeah, right. Goes to this bookshelf, dude. and then, like, Rich, like, Richard. follows him behind another shelf, looking through some books, and, and he's he, like, hey, it's me. He says some amazing <laughs> shit, dude. He's like, we're the same, you and I. I've been around. I've been to New York. I've seen the world. And then he's like, hey, you get high. I get high every day. He says, <laughs> you and I can go burn one up to school. And then later he says, Country Mouse and City Mouse, blazing it up. <laughs> and he just says, We can go down to the railway tracks with Chief One right now. Chief One right now. Yes, dude. And we can go down to the railway tracks and Chief One right now. That's a title pitch for dude, me. Dude, that's amazing because I had two things. One, Rich Sawyer has to get an MVP, MVP nomination for the scene as well. because he's so good. And also, Country Mouse and City Mouse blazing it up was a title pitch <laughs> nice, for me. So, dude. lots of things going on in this scene that are extremely it's a powerful good. scene, dude. I don't care who you are. See, I had a title pitch from uh, the next scene mm-hmm. that directly follows it. So, Rich gives him a joint, sets him up, is like, yes. you're going to get fucked. And then he yeah, flushes it just like he does in the original movie. He gets dragged to the principal's office. But the difference is, is like, in the original film, like he flushes it and the teacher's like, keep my eye on you but I got nothing I got no evidence yeah, 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 yeah. instead in this film he's dragged to the principal's office the teacher's like oh listen he had a joint but he flushed it and then Ren's like I never had a joint and the principal's like oh we got a real Mexican standoff here. yeah he's like yeah oh, you got uh, me this time yeah. Ren but then ooh, it gets bad for the title the one suggestion I made was I don't care what the rap music people say marijuana <laughs> is just wrong yeah that's coming and up I mean, in this scene this is, I, listen I hate to get blue but he means black <laughs> like, I know he says I don't care what the rap music people say but this dude he means black people yeah, look. and listen uh, it's it's hard to hear and yes it's very bad but that's what this dude thinks that's yeah. what he believes he's like yeah. the black people are telling all my good white teens about marijuana yeah dude and he's killing exactly. them they're dying in car crashes. and that's why that's why the one the one black token friend. He already has two tickets for dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this principal scene. Okay, the thing I've heard about this scene, we're getting more confirmation that Ren is a dream boat here. Because the principal is like, you can tell me if it was Rich Sawyer's weed, right? And Ren's just like, I ain't no snitch. Yeah. I don't smoke weed. Fuck you, old man. And then the, the guy's like, I knew your mother. I knew how she got into trouble. And he's like, don't you fucking talk about yeah. my mother. And he storms out and just really gives it to this dude. But also in a way that, like, you feel is not just disrespectful. Well, what, you know? What I, had, what I had here was that, like, this is where I noted that Ren's accent... It's kind of miraculous in that sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Oh, the, the Boston, like, the accent, Boston you mean? accent? Yeah, dude. Because sometimes he's like, oh, man, Pa's wicked departed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'll literally come in and be like, 
Yeah, I'm from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, this is my generic North American accent. Why do you mean I can't park my car over there? <laughs> and then, like, a second later, he'll be like, hey, how's it going? Like, <laughs> this is my generic North American accent yeah. until I say the word Boston. Yeah. And, and, and like, there are literally scenes where he remembers and is, like, hitting those R's so yeah. hard and so That's long. True. And then other scenes where he's just, like, standardized American. So, basically, Ren storms out of this discussion. And storms right into his car. Oh, dude, he storms right into Ariel, who's oh. like, hey... Why don't you like me? And he's like, I don't have time for you right now. I have to go carry the emotional weight of this movie. Ren drives over. Does he go drive to the cotton gin? He drives to the cotton gin, yeah. Yes. And we get all these weird, like, it kind of looks like they're going to do a hip-hop thing. Ren gets out of the car. He starts doing slam poetry, like, about his troubles. Oh he's like, God. you don't know me. Don't lock me down. My struggle is real. And he's getting all these weird, like, flashbacks of all the people who've wronged him. And then you're kind of like, oh, no, are they going to do, like, a breakdance version? of this iconic scene but instead of doing that they do a weird gentle country version of this fucking iconic oh, scene god dude I had ah. here this angry montage is very bad and I hate it and Kevin Bacon was better yo absolutely that's my vibe I had here hell yeah we are here to dance out some feelings motherfuckers yes cause so, that's what we're here to do so, and I love the fact that like there is this perfect, like, gymnast pole, yeah. and he does some serious gymnastic moves. Listen, the gymnastics and, like, some of the pirouettes that motherfucker does, incredible. I love it. Very good. The overall vibe of the scene, though, compared to the original, which, like, I think we've watched in, like, like last week or something like that. It like, sucks. sucks. Because, like, man, it, it's powerful. And, and they, they do, like, shot for shots of a lot of the iconic parts of this scene. So powerful and emotive when Kevin Bacon does it in the original. And in this, it's also, like, this weird half-hardcore country music. <laughs> and it just, like, it has no power. Like, it... I, it actually really annoyed me that they they, they were literally like, alright, we're going to remake Footloose. What are the, like, they, it would have been so easy for them to sit down and be like, what are the iconic and good parts of this movie? I know. Let's hit those, and let's feel free to play with some I of the rest know. of them. Oh. <laughs> but instead what they've done is ruin all the iconic good shit, and like, line for line lift all of the filler content. Lo and behold, Ariel just kind of rocks up, she was staring him at him again, I guess which means in the context of this film, she was like, hey Ren, he was like, I'm not talking to you, and she was like, you ignore me, he's like, yeah, do my best, and zoomed away. And then she was like, well, I'm going to follow you. Then. Yeah, follow you. Like, she literally just, like, straight up is like, no, that's not good enough. you got to pay me attention. And then just, like, zooms in a car and stalks his dude all the way to his angry dance spot. That all being said, compared to the last time we saw her, he seems much more relaxed, which i got to say makes me think he's danced as an outlet for his emotions, which was one of our points of remakeability. Purely for the warehouse scene in the original film. We get this weird scene with Ariel and Ren where she escalates things so quickly. She's like, do you want to hang out with me? And he's like, no. And she's like, what do you think, I'm a slut or something? And he's just kind of like, oh, I think you've been kissed a lot. Oh. I don't know if that plays in 2017. It, It dances with this whole idea of female sexuality. A theme throughout the film, however, like not in a good way, in the way that Ariel's bad while she's sexualized, and then she finds this good hearted city boy, and gone. then like she finds the right way, which is with wearing more conservative yeah. clothing and, and where a good boy who treats you right, who exactly. holds the values of your dad. <laughs> anyway, the important thing to note here is that the scene wraps up when Ariel again gets to this idea of like wanting to show. 
she's like, something. Oh. And then, I'm a cool city chick. And then we get them heading to this train station. And it's important to note that it was afternoon when uh, Ren rocked up to do his angry dance. <laughs> it is now nighttime <laughs> after they've walked to this train station. He's been so dancing. He's awesome. Yeah. He's li- okay, here's, here are the possibilities. We have two possibilities here. Either Ren has been dancing for like two and a half That's hours. That's what I choose to believe. Or... or he was dancing for like 15 minutes, Ariel caught him, and then they walked for two hours across town yeah, by this cross-country trek to get to this train station. So they're at this train station that they call the yearbook, which is covered in all these like illegal drawings of mm. teens who are all you know rebelling against their stuffy old dads. Makes less sense in this film, given that there wasn't the whole vibe against like people reading books they shouldn't. But anyway, that's, and, and that's also not me. until three years ago when yeah. the rules changed. But anyway, uh, Ariel picks up a cassette player, which I guess is a nice... Okay. Okay, hang on, that's movie. nuts, yeah. Like, this, re- this yearbook thing must only be three years old. Yes, exactly. Why that's, does anyone give a shit that's, about that's it? That's the point. Like, why in three years are people like, oh, you've got to see this teen cultural icon. Yeah. We call it the yearbook. Yeah. It's been around for three years. It's a train full of old drawings. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel picks up a cassette player to play Ransom songs, which is really weird, right? Like, that's got to be kind of a deliberate nod to the aesthetic of the original movie. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. they're, they're not trying to give you, like, a time void sense here, but we don't know. What, what kind of time period this thing is in the dude has an iPod he rocks up they talk about the GFC at every opportunity they get <laughs> like this is very much a movie taking place in 2011 yeah it's not a movie taking place lost in the void of time so why does she have a fucking cassette player doesn't matter she's like hey Ren have sex with me and he's like I'm abstinence till I die babe yeah yeah <laughs> if Ren is very much all about marrying Ariel before they have sex <laughs> Just he, really he's selling a good that hearted city boy. Yeah. Okay? A, I mean, it's a Sunday, so it's God's day. He's if it was any other day, it'd be beers and sex day. <laughs> but it's be, God's day. Yeah, Sec- wow. Secular state, you know. Ariel decides to jump in front of an oncoming train. And like in the original film, I think I posed the question in uh, last week's podcast or the last one's podcast, being like, "Now, was she about to die?" In this qu- in this film, there is no question. It's not made. Ariel yeah. was about to die. It's not she, ambiguous. She. It was unambiguously her standing in front of a train being like closing her eyes and like that was a suicide attempt yep and this film is just kind of like uh yeah well whatever like what what I I think like it finally filled the I need a hero I need a hero to come and save me from this oncoming train because I have so many daddy issues that I want to stand in front of it Yeah, that's a song, Nora. Yeah, well, you, beat to that, you, you could be it. our next pop punk princess. Yeah, you know, you could yeah. be our Avril <laughs> Um So we we get from this scene where, where Ren saves Ariel from an oncoming train. There's uh, a metaphor to be made there by a more talented comedian about you know penis dodging and yeah. train dodging. Well, like Ren shows her the, the joys of celibacy and saves her life. Yeah, right. Sure, She's a good Christian boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then the script is just lifted again. This yep. scene, hardcore, transplant, directly out of the first movie, into this movie. Ariel gets home, and then is confronted by her father, and then they have the same scene about Reverend her being Shaw like, I haven't been smoking, haven't been doing drugs, haven't been dancing, or whatever. I've just been with Ren McCormick. And he's like, I don't want you to see that Ren McCormick anymore. And she's like, don't worry about it, daddy. Ren McCormick's the least of your concerns. And then she storms <laughs> off. And we get a little bit of a conversation between... Um, the reverend and his wife. Yeah. And also, 
How much, like, less powerful and compelling is Dennis Quaid I, than John Lithgow? Dude, I have here Dennis Quaid sucks in this film. Yeah. So, we cut to Ren bringing Rusty, Ariel, and Willard to a dance bar in a big city. They go dancing. They go out dancing, and they're in some city that has lots of skyscrapers that is apparently near enough that they can drive there on a night out. So that's a pretty... And, and is still country enough that they're only playing country music at this bar and, and then all line dancing. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a cool country town that they live in where they've got access to this kind of shit. What I want to know, they get in there, similar things to last time, the girls want to dance, Ren wants to dance, Willard's like, I don't dance. What I want to know is, why the fuck did Willard come to a dancing bar if he doesn't want to dance? I think I may have asked that exact same thing watching the original version of this movie, but it holds, like, kind of almost even more here. Because in the original, at least, Willard is like, I'm just going to drink a shitload of beers and that's why I came. In this one, he just kind of stands there and he's like, I wish I'm... Mm. Ugh, yeah, I want to dance. dance. Like we don't see him sitting there pounding beers. He just kind of like fumfers around the bar for a while and is like, "Oh, I wish I could dance." Uh, like I have an idea for a title, which is "White Man's Wet Dream." Yep, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a thing. It's definitely. a white man's wet dream. That's, line, that, that's referring to line dancing. A, line dancing is a white man's wet dream. Let me put it this way: I'm a white man. Don't remember a wet dream about line dancing. Can't say I had one. Uh, maybe you did though. I mean, you put me in an awkward spot. <laughs> I really wish you we would. won't press you on. That I one. really wish you would. See, for myself, I, I I can probably say, yeah, you know what? We're dreaming about line dancing. Like this is what every girl wants. <laughs> I feel. Which is this no. is what every, every girl, girl wants. wants. Straight you, from the Nula herself. You, don't you dare quote me on that. But like, <laughs> I mean, I don't need like, to. It's on recording of you saying it. I don't need to quote you. Anyone that wants to know about it, I'll just give them a little MP3 of this. Red and Ariel almost end up dancing. But what yep. they actually get they, they get stuck on is dry humping. Yeah. So they pretend to dance and really just like rub their genitals over one another. Until we get all this genital rubbing, which is a sentence I've probably never said before. But <laughs> yeah. leading up to all this genital rubbing, we get like what I think is, is a good description, which ties into what you guys were just talking about in terms of like the, the way that people dance in this film, like Saturday Night Fever. I feel like this movie is a much more like music theater movie than the original. Right, yeah. Like in the original, they're kind of in this dirty cowboy bar and there's a little bit of like choreographed dancing scenes, but it's mostly Ren and Ariel and like a little bit of Rusty and Willard. Like yeah. we don't get like well lit, lights up, sound quality, the whole chorus is here all doing the same line dance, you know? Like yeah. they really hammer that vibe in this film. So some boy dances up on Rusty from behind and Willard, the unstoppable killing machine, is there just like, mm, I don't like this very much at all. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, we get all this sexy Ren and Ariel dancing, and we're right back looking at Willard being that jealous boyfriend. Man, I feel like like the, the hitting the points of remakeability in this is almost too easy. That's because they're literally, they're literally coming. It. They're scratch literally it. coming at the same beats because this is the same movie. At, like case in point, <laughs> like fucking Willard goes forward to this like dude and is like, "Hey, that's, that's my girl. You better fucking step off." And the guy's yeah. like, "Uh, whatever." And then Willard's like. Listen, buddy, I've really had enough. And then the dude decks Willard. But dude, this is awesome. And then this is way different. One point difference is Rusty grabbing a glass bottle, like, bottle, grabbing a bottle, and fucking like glassing this dude. Rusty bottles across, this guy across the back of the head. Like yeah. the guy passes out. This like, is a serious crime. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a serious crime. Like, listen, aggravated goes, assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. It can't be seen as being cool. It's like a fucking. It's grievous bodily harm oh aggravated assault with a deadly weapon yeah. at least now is the time though like <laughs> as we're wrapping up this scene before we get any further 
Unplayable tagline game. Oh, yes. Game. Okay, so this is a great game. For those of you who didn't listen to the first one, and uh, our, our lovely guest, Nuala, Jackson is now going to read out several taglines well, for here, this movie. Here's the thing. I'm going to mix it up a little bit this time. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to read out three taglines. Uh-huh. One of them is the specific tagline of this film. Okay, and two of them are something else. <laughs> yeah. One of them is made up, and one of them is from another film. Okay, uh-huh. great. I want you to guess which is the actual tagline for this film. This is how we did it last time. When I guessed well, the, the, other time the made up one was di- Dirty di- Dancing. Different films and that sort of thing. Yeah. The, 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 these ones, yeah. Okay, so um, one of them's made up, one of them's a film, one of them's this film. Yeah. Bring it on. First one. This is our time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's interesting because it's a direct quote from the movie. Number two. There comes a time to cut loose. Oh, shit! That's tough, man. What's so number tough. three? So tough. <laughs> number three, cut loose. <laughs> you have made this an incredibly difficult chance. Literally, any of them could be the tagline for this movie. Well, I'm glad okay. you say it, Ben, because all three of the taglines are still. <laughs> you gotta cut loose. <laughs> So the three taglines they chose for this film was, this is our time. Number two, there comes a time to cut loose. Number three, cut loose. So no matter which way you come at it, you know that there's something to do with time and something to do with cutting loose. That's what this film was about. (laughs) I can't believe you faked us out on that one, dude. That was so funny. So now we're in the car. We're heading back to Beaumont. And Ariel's telling Ren about how her brother died on this bridge in a head-on collision after leaving the other town, I guess, on the way back into Beaumont. It's really awkward. And ultimately kind of like, I feel like less impactful because we've already seen all of this. Which is weird. Mm. Like in the, in the, in the remake, like this is it the was a revelation. first we hear, in the original, sorry, this is the first we hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also around the time I realized that during this like emotional scene, and this emotional scene, at no point does Ren McCormick use the gas rope on the top of his car. <laughs> He's just steering. They're coasting so, down Over the whole course of this bridge, this dude not once uses the gas. And it's just like, hey, what, what's this sad story? Pulls the gas and then just just goes goes right to the wind. He's like, just look, like he's like, if I pull the gas, it's gonna interrupt the camera shot of your face. And so while you're telling this story. And the, sad, the tragic thing is they're just slowing down, dude. Yeah, in seventy. 60, but that, that's Ren. That's slowing Ren. down on on top of this bridge yeah. that like that's, they all died on. Like all these teens died. That's Ren died freaking on. out about vehicular manslaughter. He's literally like, oh Whoa, god, this bridge just eases off the accelerator gently. We see like the Reverend go talk to Wes and be like, hey, I don't want uh, Ren dating my daughter Ariel because he's a bad boy. And Wes is like, let me tell you about Ren McCormick. He just kind of breaks down the fact that like Ren was there to take care of his mum who died of leukemia. His dad was a deadbeat who bailed. So this time it wasn't like Ren dealing with like the loss of his father. It was like the loss of his whole family, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that um, Ariel would would be lucky to pursue yeah. Ren. She's like, you may say Ren's not good enough for Ariel. I could argue it's the other way around. And for that sick burn and breaking down this character background, we already MVP nommed him, but I got it. Double down, dude. Double dude, down. Yes. I literally wrote down, double down MVP to Uncle <laughs> but, but like, this whole idea of the Reverend being like, you know, this is my little girl, 
you must understand because you have little girls. They just they don't fight it enough. Like yeah, that's bit, the idea. It's like a bit creepy, this is my yeah. like this is my daughter, and I want to protect her. Not having Ren's mum in the movie and having her die of leukemia, so like Ren has actually kind of got some very tangible loss that can like. At least compete with Ariel's fucked up, like, situation. Like, like in this movie, they, they clearly have deliberately, like, ramped down Ariel's stakes and ramped up Ren's. I would because... say they've ramped down most of the female stakes in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, absolutely. The but they're, they're, yeah. they're kind of, like, they're trying to justify the thing that we <laughs> criticised in the original of, like, why is Ren the main character of this movie? Yeah. They're trying to justify it by giving you I feel more. like a better choice would have been making Ariel the main character of this film. Of course. So now we're at the town council scene. So now we're at the car wash, and Ren's washing his fucking cool, ancient Volkswagen Beetle, and uh, they're there talking with Willard about how there's no wet t-shirt contests in town, which is unnecessary, and then Willard's all like, oh, you could organise a dance, and Ren's like, damn, we should organise a dance, Willard, and then they have, like, <laughs> yeah, here's something that I had, uh, one of the points of remakeability from the last movie, I believe I had uh, naked boys hanging out in the shower. That's pretty close. This is the closest thing we're going to get in this movie, which is Willard and Ren dancing around in the car wash, like spraying each other with the hose and having a nice boy-on-boy -boy <laughs> wrestle. And we get Willard and we get Woody and we get Ren going to the town council. Basically, we have a town meeting and they call out and they're like, any other orders of business? And then Ren says nothing. I thought this was going to be his whole big appeal. And then I was like, oh, I guess he was maybe just like scoping out what was going on. Yeah, yeah. That was the vibe, right? It kind of looked like they were about to skip over the seed where all the like kids are campaigning and trying to yeah. get signing it. They were just going to go straight to the town council scene. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Actually speeding things along a bit. But no, instead they've added yeah. content. Well, they just, uh, they've just added an extra scene. What we have here is Ren heading up to uh, the reverend and his school principal. Mm -hmm. Let, listen, if his goal is to get a dance happening, he goes about it in a very strange way. Yeah. So he, in this conversation, he's basically just kind of like, yo, I'm going to position for a dance, and so... Uh, Get used to it, fucking old boys. get used to it. Yeah, literally, like... And he, it's like, why would that help? He's instantly... Why are you antag antagonising yeah. the people that are going to vote on whether you can or can't? Exactly. Instantly, like, antagonising his opponents... And just instantly giving them warning of the fact that he's doing this thing. After these guys leave, oh. we get probably the most, like, yeah. just perplexing and aggressive line of dialogue in this movie. Where Ren just grabs Willard by the collar and says, Listen to me, you corn-fed hick. If I'm gonna go in front of the council, bitch, you're gonna learn how to dance. Yeah. Uh, basically... We get the same fucking Willard dance oh, montage, whilst, whilst that's true, and a lot of it is the same, I gotta say, there are a few important points of difference. Number here. one, Miles Teller is an incredible dancer. Number one, Miles Teller is amazing. Okay, we can't ignore that. But, okay, so the way that the dance montage of Ren teaching Willard how to dance starts is rather than Ren and Willard something like boop, boop, and just doing like high-fiving in his car to the beat, the first thing we get is Willard dancing with a bunch of little girls on stage to like a sort of cover of the Let's Hear It For The Boy song. The thing that, that the fucks me up about this scene, right, is not Willard dancing with the girls. That's kind of cute, and then they end up kind of being there. And that's kind of a nod to him dancing with Ren's little cousins in the original. The thing that's fucked up is... Ren has, like, manipulated these little girls into becoming criminals. <laughs> like, literal criminals. Because they're out here dancing and listening to lewd music when they're not supposed to. And their older cousin is like, hey, come commit some crimes with me in this field, little girls. And they're like, yeah, sounds great. But yes, we get a montage similar to the original montage of it's Willard. 
It's a great, it's a great dance montage. He's yeah. learning how to dance, and goddamn, I love it. Yeah. I love it. His transition to suddenly being able to move his hips, it's fantastic. It's so good, and Miles Teller can dance like a motherfucker. So, now we're back to Ren, he's hanging out in his house, he's got his fucking petition, Lulu comes in, and we get a scene where, this is like a surrogate scene for the scene in the original movie where, like, Ren's talking to his mom, and she's like, why do you care about this dance so much? But this is just, like, the thing we were kind of alluding to before about them, raising Ren's stakes. Now it's his aunt who's in there, and she's like, I know your mom's died, Ren, why is this dance so important to you? And he's like, because I spent so much energy trying to save my mom, and it didn't work, so now I want to do something for me. Yeah, and she's like, I know about hard work, you know, your uncle, where's he selling? cars in the GFCs in the recession yeah they needed needed that nod to the fact that there's been a recession exactly it's It's a hard time it's the second one because earlier when Ren meets his uncle for the first time and he's like can I get a job working in an auto shop when like he gets him a job in the cotton gin his uncle's like in this economy (laughs) you're lucky to have (laughs) any now we're hanging out with Chuck and Ariel and I don't want to talk about this scene yeah, so we had to have the same scene again where uh, basically Chuck and Ariel go off, go off one another. It seems like Ariel's breaking up with Chuck. Uh, Ar- they get into a verbal fight. It's Ariel immediately punches seeming, him and but- then like like Chuck grabs her, throws her to the <clears throat> ground. She picks up like a fucking crowbar or something, like, d- like smashes out his windscreen and then his lights and then he grabs her and like punches her in the face and like throws her to the ground again and then drives away and it's just kind of like <clears throat> why do we need this whole scene again well when we had this scene the first time what is it adding this second time now Ariel's hanging out with her family and oh boy this scene was tough uh, the rain, I love it. I love it. I love the fact, oh my gosh, we're in a serious scene, like, we got to put rain here as well, <laughs> just to let everyone know that you should feel sad well, at this yeah. point. There are emotions <laughs> happening now. I had it here, like, we're an hour 20 in, and this is the first time we hear Andy McDowell say anything of importance. Like, anything more than, like, three words. What? Which is, which sucks, because in the I original mean, hey, movie, it's a vibe. remake of the original film, right? Like, of, like, the, the mother character not doing anything until, like... Yeah, know, an hour, an hour ten in. But then what? Vi ends oh. up being awesome in the original. Yeah, and Andy McDowell does so... not bring it this time around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, instead of um, Vi giving Shaw an absolute talking to, it's Ariel. She's all like, "This town's all fucked up because of Bobby dying. No one's allowed to dance because Bobby died. No one's allowed to have to dock because Bobby died." Well, guess what? I've had sex before, and then two scenes in a row like like Ariel gets hit again yeah. it's like what I do have a problem with in this movie is how much they let Shaw get away with it so like, true in, in the first movie the next scene we get is Vi comes out and fucking like just tells him how it is and is like you're a shit father and you need to do better and blah 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 and then like he feels bad about it and everything in this movie he's like I'm not a violent person I'm not a bad guy right we can all agree I'm okay and she's like yeah you're not a bad guy. You're just misguided. So now we're at the part where Ren and Ariel are next to his car and yep. they're like discussing sort of what's happened. Mm-hmm. And Ariel says that like, oh no, I just want this whole thing behind me, referring to Chuck beating her up and then her dad slapping her. And then and then taking out her Bible and suddenly like she's the good girl now. She's returned to her religious roots. Yeah, she's she's left the bad beating her boyfriend she, behind. She's marked all the passages where uh the Bible says anything 
positive about dancing. Yeah, essentially. dude. And she hands it over and gi- has given Ren this smoking gun, this yeah. secret weapon that she uses against her dad. Exactly, which I think is kind of like an indication of having like, I'm not under their thumb. Look what I've done. I've taken their own holy book yeah. and turned it against them. So go Ariel, I guess, for this scene because she does a, uh, a cool thing with the Bible. And, and then, then they kiss and the sun sets and it's a nice uh, teen romance, which yeah. is highly remakeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're at the town council scene. We get this whole scene again when they're like, all right, anyone got any business to raise? Yeah. Ren stands up and is like, me and like most of the seniors from Beaumont High, we want to have a dance. This is one of the most heinous examples <laughs> of lifting a scene. It's but the same. just making it inarguably worse. Yeah, it's the same Via thing. additions. So everyone's like, ah, Ren, you know what? Like, like the reverend's like, ah, Ren, you know, you, you're saying all this stuff, but I just think you don't get it. And I just and think then, dancing leads to spiritual corruption. Yeah. Spiritual it's, 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 Corruption. The same yep. speech about spiritual corruption. Dancing can be destructive. And yes. it seems like, well, it's all over. And then Vi like, stands up and is like, let the boy speak. And everyone's yep. like, how inspirational. It's direct line for line. But before she does that, Wes stands up for Ren and is like, I think the boy should have a dance. And he just gets shouted down yeah. immediately. And then Vi gets everyone on side. So yeah. And then so uh, Vi stands up, everyone applauds, and Ren gets his chance in front of the microphone. Uh-huh. He does this really lackluster speech. Man, he which just does not sell. Like he okay. One of the best parts of the original movie was Kevin Bacon's Bible speech. Where he's got the Bible and he's kinda of like fumbling through, like he doesn't know it that well, he's not that articulate. He's doing stuff like, What did David say? What did David say? What did David say? And then he like looks at the Bible and everybody has a good yuck because it's it's really good and he acts it so well. They literally were like, hey, let's take that cool part of the movie, add a whole unnecessary monologue at the front about how being a teen is awesome because yeah. teens get to live life to the fullest. <laughs> yeah, whereas parents all people, parents, parents, yeah. your job is to worry teens. Our job is just to kick back and mash. Our job is just to live and dance and love and yeah. play our music I, too loud. The greatest quote from this movie ever is definitely my right to dance. And then, so they, they do all of this awful, boring shit and then they drop into the Bible quoting directly lifted yeah. out of the the original movie and it's just like just go straight into that yeah. you didn't need all this earlier shit uh, so they, they have this whole bit again and the same thing happens essentially like like Red finishes his speech everyone's like oh yeah pretty good well done and then he gets voted down yep he says there is a time to dance yes yes I already know I already saw this movie I know that's a line <sighs> moving right along there's a time to weep there's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance it's not just there's a time to dance and it's there is a time to dance. Oh, <laughs> you gotta and it's right now. Yeah, hit, you you hit better the, believe it. Yeah, we're back at the cotton gin. Andy comes out and is like, you know you got completely boned, don't you? Sure, went in that meeting with the votes already in his pocket. There's nothing you could do. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, so well, what are you going to do now? And Ren's like, well, nothing. We got voted down. This script is the same. I know. This scene it's is line for line. Same script. <laughs> and basically, Andy, the cotton gin owner, is just kind of like, yo, well, I mean, have it in Basin. Uh, we're technically outside. See that water tower over there? That means we're in Basin, not in Beaumont. This is a crazy fucking dance. I town. figure if the fire truck's going to come over here, then the long arm of the law yeah. can't either. Do what about the, the long arm of Reverend Shaw? Oh, fucking, you know, he's Go a to yeah, go try and convince him it's yeah. not a corruption of spirit. He might believe you. Literally, literally line for line of this exact same scene. And so, like, with, like the, so some we, of his parts being that like, he's like, well, you got a place to dance now. Uh, the law can't get here. All you got to do is convince Shaw that it isn't going to be moral corruption based. <laughs> so now Ren goes to see Shaw as he's practicing giving his sermon. Now, this is a one-for-one substitution with the scene in the original movie 
where Ariel goes to see Shaw and gives him like the final bit of convincing that he needs that dancing's not going to lead to them all just fucking each other and then dying on the bridge. So like, this is again, I feel like an example of this movie, like the, the people who are remaking this movie clearly raised the same concerns where they were literally like, our protagonist... Why is he the protagonist? He's the least important character in this movie. And they were like, let's just give him a bunch of other shit to do. Oh, you know, this awesome. scene where he's yeah. going to convince the reverend, we got to give it to the guy because, like, otherwise people are going to be like, what the fuck? So I guess bravo. Yeah, for, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I hate it so much. I, it's just like, ah. <laughs> oh. And it ends with, like, fucking Reverend Shaw's whole thing of being like, well, uh, Ren, thank you for, well, thank you. Yep. Like the yeah. exact same line. And for some reason, it was like him compelling Reverend Shaw. Like that, for some reason, that performance by Ren, which was not that compelling, was enough to convince the Reverend. Because next scene, we're in mass. We're in church. We're in the church. The Reverend has his whole fucking speech, and he's like, you know what? Maybe dancing is okay. But dude, we're going to have the dance. Like, Shaw gets a pass again here, and I it's know. so much more heinous. Because, like, at no point has anyone given it to him for his bullshit. So what we get now is a montage of the kids yeah. fixing up the place. Yes. They're going to have the dance, okay. right? It's so great. It's- but the thing that fucked me up about this montage was, why is this montage so low energy? They just fucking won. Like, they just won. They just got the reverend to be like, have your dance, I don't care. And in the original, the kids are all like, yeah! And they're all well, like fucking 80s pop doing fair, up this fucking dance fair, hall. in the original, they find out in the same way in a church and like are unable to respond because they have yeah. to be like all somber in church. Yeah, yeah. Why did this film do it the same way again? Why not in a council <laughs> meeting or something? Why again did he have everyone being like... Suddenly yeah, turning to one another and not being able to actually react. So I guess this is more believable then, in terms of the fact that they leave church and they're all just like, "Let's do it, guys!" Yeah, and then yeah. they do like a little fix-up so. scene, as opposed to they all run out and they're like, "Yeah, you gotta fight for it!" Right. <laughs> so Ariel's getting ready. The rest of this movie is the same. Like yeah. it's literally almost beat for beat. Ariel's getting ready. Her mom comes in and is like, "Oh, you look nice. You need a corsage." She's like, "Thanks for the corsage." Her oh, mom's like, "Oh, it was your dad. I didn't give you the corsage. Your dad gave you the corsage." She goes out and talks to her dad this time. That's a bit different. Yeah, they have another conversation. They sort of semi end up dancing. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Fucking Ren rocks up. He's wearing the same suit. Okay, it's the same suit. No, this from is the last cool. Film. This is cool. I like this a lot because he's got the same car and he's got the iconic Kevin Bacon footloose suit. I would have been mad if they hadn't done that because that like, I like that, it. that burgundy suit that he mm-hmm. wears is fucking iconic so now we get this car scene that we got in the original movie where I actually didn't mind this I thought this yeah, was th- actually I thought this was okay it was better handled than the original car scene like he's like trying to open the door and it's locked and he's like I gotta kick it from the inside and she's like no just help me through the window. And he, like, picks her up and dunks her through the window. Yeah. And we cut to the parents. And this this is this is my last title pitch for the film. Is uh, Vi Moore being like, that was smooth. Good job, Ariel. <laughs> I think either of those sentence fragments or the whole thing is a good summary for this yeah, movie. Because I, Ariel I deserves so. the recognition. Yeah, I no, feel. no, that's true, that's true. We are finally at the dance. We've done We're it. Dance. We're finally there. We're getting to the end of this same-ass movie. The thing that is different about this dance scene compared to the previous dance scene, it's way less awkward, which I feel like makes sense. Because yeah. we've seen these teens dancing their asses off at every opportunity this movie. Like, in the original, it's kind of painted like, Ren likes to dance, and there's kind of like a little bit of a dancing vibe at the diner when Ariel's playing the music, but there's no scenes where a bunch of teens get together in a car park to just fucking cut a rug. And they're all like professional dancers. Like, <laughs> yeah. these these kids can dance, even though it's illegal. Like, yeah. 
God damn, they yeah. can dance. But we see uh, Ren turn to Woody because it's essentially oh. like Ren and Ariel and then Woody and his lady dancing out mm-hmm. on the on the stage. No one's really dancing. And then Ren's like, yo, Woody, you know those football boys? They need a word from their captain. Get them out here. And then he Woody heads <sighs> over and essentially uses football tactics yep. so these boys can understand how they can dance with these girls. And it is fucking insane. Now, this as, is as like okay. a one-to-one training module. Right. So, so imagine this, right? In a world where this was part of the original movie, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a little bit of a dated bit of comedy. The idea that guys can only understand things if you put them in terms of football, you know, like, but that's okay. They're just doing that thing they've been doing all movie where they've been lifting random inconsequential bits for the sake of not having to rewrite a script. But it's not part of the original movie. They add this little sub scene where the football coach football coaches the teens into picking up girls. It is straight from 2011, but that's right. this is how you pick up girls through football tactics. So Willard and Rusty show up, and Willard is looking G-O-O-D oh, in that old so black suit fresh. and that black cowboy hat. Holy hell does Miles Teller look slick as fuck in this scene. <laughs> so Chuck shows up with the brain trust and is basically like, yo, we want a word with your boy, Ren McCormick. And Willard's like, huh, no fights tonight, Chuck. It's the same scene! It's so the, same. the boys, Chuck's boys attack Willard. Willard's getting the shit beat out of him. He's like, what do you want me to do, Rusty? Rusty's like, kick their asses, Willard! And Willard turns a fucking, he hits the start button on the whoop-ass machine, and he, he starts to fucking... He just goes full killing machine. He just starts beating the fuck he, out of these Again, dudes. he beats the tire of these guys. Ren comes out, he's like, you're really tough when it's four-on-one, and he jumps down the staircase. Instead of doing an awesome karate kid fly kick, he just spear tackles Chuck off the Less impressive, but still pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Dude, Dude. Willard pops up, throws a fistful of sand in this guy's face, and then beats him up and, like, punches him into the back of a fucking ute. Yeah, Ah. at one point he, like, breaks off a mirror, and then, like, the dude goes to punch him, he holds a mirror up, this dude punches glass, and then he beats him up with the mirror. You'd be forgiven for thinking this was, like, Mission Impossible. And then the girls start beating up yeah. the stoner guy yeah. from before, yeah. who is, of Rich, course, Rich evil. Sawyer gets the shit yes. we know yeah, him. Ariel grabs Fucking his girls. hair, smashes his face into the hood of the car. Chuck grabs, like, a weapon and starts <laughs> swinging at Ren. Ren dodges a couple of times, trips him, and then just, like, punches his lights out. And then, like, as Ren is like, okay, we're done here. Chuck's dead. This other dude comes about to, picks like... Picks up a brick. Picks up a brick. He's about, about to hit Ren from behind. And then Andy, the fucking yes. dude that runs like the uh, the cotton gin like grabs a dude and is like no foul play and like just like fucking comes out of nowhere just like knocks this dude out dude this old man punches a teenage boy in the face and he's gonna have an MVP from me absolutely absolutely he gets off of this scene that was amazing I love that came out of nowhere fucking saved the day MVP (laughs) nominee and then we like from there they head into the dance they really get it shredding and we have our final montage over a cover of Footloose As these kids, these teens just dance the night away. So here's something. Miles Teller, holy fuck. In this scene, he is cutting a rug, dude. Like Miles Teller as Willard is alongside Ren and that is going for it. This is where I've noted, I guess this is fair enough because he doesn't want to just be a great dancer. He wants to be one of the great dancers. (laughs) Do you like that whiplash reference, Jack? I like that a lot. Dude. Yeah, I thought you might. I thought you might appreciate that one. Oh wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. You might almost feel like finally in this dance scene, like it's just his tempo. You know, yeah. like well, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I didn't like that one quite oh, so much. Oh, 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 movie, it's been not quite that his tempo. That one wasn't quite my tempo, dude. <laughs> 
Ah, you turned it on me. Well, well done. I guess Miles Teller is a, a double-edged yeah. sword. And with those two horrendous uh, whiplash jokes, I think, bar some discussion of people dancing, we've reached yeah, the dude. end yeah. of the film. Yeah. Nula, has this changed your perspective of this movie that you love? Ah... Uh. I would say yes, it has changed my perspective. However, I will say, yes, I still love this movie. Yeah. Because it's still, like, the reasons I love this movie is because, you know, after a long, hard day of real life, like, sometimes I just want to watch a movie where, like, everything is simple and there's Mm. this town that bands dancing and... Oh, goddamn, yeah. that's a problem. I mean, you know, you know, you like something for its perfections, but you love them for its flaws. <laughs> you love this film for its sexism and racism. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> okay, let's talk about MVP, shall we? Pretty much the only MVP I have is Willard. Okay, okay, so, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. My first MVP is definitely Willard. It starts really early in the movie, the first time we meet Willard, when mm-hmm. he comes in and is so likeable in all of those scenes with Ren. My next MVP, Claude, from the drive-in. Nice. For, for yeah, having, the, have having the bootleg CD and the bootleg stereo. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And getting the party turned the fuck up. Next MVP, Wes. Yes, yes, Wes. Wes is a good candidate for MVP of this yeah, movie. Yeah, Wes is a fucking hero. He does some great things later. He doubles down later. Uh, the, the next person I've got... Interjective at any point, you've got someone who overlaps. Uh, I, I've got... um, What's his name? Rich Sawyer? For oh, saying, dude, Rich Sawyer was a big MVP. City Mouse, Country movie. Mouse. Blazing it up! Dude, we can go down to the railway later and, like... Chief one down. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, so then... So then the last MVP I have is Andy. Andy. It's got to be Andy. Yeah. yeah, it's Andy or Wes for me. Oh, so, I mean, in that moment, it's got to be Andy. Yeah, Andy, Andy for that final punch. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Saving definitely. the day. Definitely, definitely. So out of all those people... You guys are forgetting Willard. Yeah, like, you're forgetting Will- Willard okay, okay. always. Like, now, he's just... He I... is just your country bumpkin that's so lovable. I just... And he can't dance, and then he learns to dance. And damn, can he now dance? Here's my thing about Willard. I very much get where you're coming from. However, there wasn't an individual moment for me where I thought he was, like, really crushed. I thought he was really strong throughout the film, but there, w- there wasn't that, like, sort of MVP magic. And so I would exclude him. In my mind, I view the MVP as kind of like the best actor at an Oscar, you know what but I mean? But, like, it's definitely, However, like, best supporting well, you no, know, you know what? For for Willard, I wouldn't even go that far. I would say it's more like a lifetime achievement award. So yeah. over the course of the film, he did a lot of really worthwhile things, but never really quite got the nod for me to actually win MVP. You know, but he gets a lifetime achievement for I, over the course of the film being consistently good. I see where you're coming from. I think we can give him. Yeah, you know, what? maybe we should add a new award Ooh. to the to the still interested Ooh. in you. I'm the, gonna pull it out there. The but, Miles Teller Lifetime Achievement. Award. <laughs> That's way Mile, better. Miles Teller. Like, that, that's yeah. way better than mine, so I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> Miles Teller, Last Time Achievement Award goes, goes to, to Willard. Willard in this movie. Jesus. Played by Miles Teller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But MVP, yeah. What do we got? We got Wes, we got Andy. Andy. Uh, out of Wes and Andy. I, I like Wes. Andy. I think Wes was just like a real beacon of hope in this film. That's true. That's true. I'm going to side with Nola, I think, Andy, because of the way he's the one who's ultimately like, you know, you can have this dance, right? In Basin, mm-hmm. outside of the town. And also, he's in the final dance scene. He just loves it. Like, he's clapping along to Footloose. It's got to be Andy for me. 
Should we move on to a little bit of trivia? Yeah, can you throw some tri- trivia down my throat, please? Yeah, I'll throw you something trivial. Don't you worry about okay, it. Okay, terrific. Uh, gotcha. Okay, here's a bit of fucked up, if interesting, trivia. Zac Efron was originally cast as Ren McCormick, but pulled out in March 2009 because he did not want people to think all he could do was sing and dance. And he went on to star in Charlie St. Cloud. So interesting. Good, good for him. Look, yeah. you know what? I feel this film this film would have been so much bigger if it had been Zach Efron. Of course it would have Oh, dude, that would have been insane. So also, much bigger. Instead of this unnamed gymnast. Yeah. It also would have been so much bigger if this next thing had come to pass, which was that Kevin Bacon was given the script, but could not find a role he was willing to play. Can you imagine writing a movie that Kevin Bacon turned down? Like, Dude, why didn't he play Andy's role? Yeah, he absolutely. Or so Wes. Good. Julianne Howe, who played Ariel, performed the stunt of riding on Chuck's Chuck Cranston's car by herself. Oh, well, good on her. That's, that's it like, that wasn't an incredible stunt, so, you know. Yeah, it wasn't I would incredible. brag about it. It was like, you know, it felt down dangerous at the time. Mm. Julianne Howe beat out several favorites, favorites, including Hayden Panettiere, Miley Cyrus, and Amanda Bynes for the part of Ariel Moore. That's fucked up. There's a world where this movie is Zac Efron and Miley Cyrus and Kevin Bacon (laughs) in all the lead roles. Oh, dude, that's a different film. That's a different universe. See, I think Miley Cyrus would fit into this real well. That whole, like, Southern Mm -hmm. vibe, like, that's her jam. Definitely Southern vibe, but actually I'm a city girl. Like, I can can dance and I'm You think I'm small town? I'm not. I'm Miley Cyrus. Yeah. My own trivia that I know from this movie is that the lead actress... Is um, has featured most her most notable role other than this is being the dancer on Dancing with the Stars, like you know the reality TV show. Yeah. They have stars and like they're paired with an actual. We dancer. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and she's so, so one, she's a dancer. She's one of those like dancers. So she's a professional dancer. She's one of those dancers. It's funny because like, now she could be one of the stars. That's like, true. but like, could she really? In the film, Ariel takes her shirt off to start the bus derby. This is how, in the original script of the original Footloose, she was supposed to start the tractor race. So they didn't... They did, uh, Yet another thing they've lifted whole cloth out of the original script. Craig Brewer wanted to be a filmmaker after seeing the original Footloose. He oh. loved the movie so much, he recorded the audio and listened to it while walking. <laughs> so he audiobooked the 1984 Footloose... Dude... Maybe that's why the dialogue is line for line. Because oh, this motherfucker grew like, up. This is amazing. Dude, that makes sense. Listening to the fucking audiobook of the original Footloose. That's actually fascinating. We have a fun little game that we play on the show called Five Degrees of Wentworth Miller. Based on the very popular Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, we're of the opinion that we can get from anyone in any movie to Wentworth Miller of Prison Break fame, and of course Dinotopia fame. One step closer than you can connect Kevin Bacon. So we like to do a little a little jippy jive here. Oh, and Jackson reckons he's already got it. Yeah, I might need a bit of a internet assistance at one point, but I'm pretty sure I have it. I think there's a clear way through here. I mean, so, you've got a lot of pathways. Yeah, okay. So, number one, Miles Teller. Uh-huh. I'm with you mm-hmm. so far. Melissa Benoit, who was in uh, Whiplash as his love interest. Okay. Also, Supergirl. Okay. Supergirl okay. to uh, The Flash. Miles Teller to Melissa Benoit. Melissa Benoit mm-hmm. to the, 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 the dude that plays the DC's Flash. 
um, whatever that dude's name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, then Jesus, what is that dude's name? Um, not sure because that dude links up with Green Arrow in that same universe, and you know that fucking Wentworth Miller plays Captain Cold yes! in Green Legends Arrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Leg- and Legends of Tomorrow. Oh my god, it's three steps, dude. Yeah, it's so fun. Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chapel. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.